We're going to go to uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Father, thank you today for your people. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, your people are precious. And Lord, we thank you for working in each of our hearts today. We thank you for your word that shall bring forth fruit and fruit that remains even unto eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. That's what I want, fruit that remains. Over in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, it says this, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So one of the things that we always have to do in life to get to the next place uh, in the Lord, we cannot be in a place where we're standing still, where we just, um, you know, stay in a place of stagnation, a place of um, being still. We always need to be moving forward. And notice here, he, the Apostle Paul, a great man of God, says this, I count not myself to apprehended. Now, that might be a little blind to us in the King James, but what he's saying is this, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't got there yet. Who in their Christian life has arrived already? Let me see your hand. <laughs> so he says, I haven't arrived yet. You know, it's like the one person that said, well, you know, the Apostle Paul, he... Um, he missed it, and, and he never made it. And this guy was like, you know, saying that, well, this one missed it, this one missed it. He's, and then the minister said, well, if, if Paul missed it, he said, you might as well forget it now. But see, we're all in the same boat, that, that no matter how far we have grown in our walk with the Lord, no matter how much we go and grow to, in the things of God, that we still, we can't have a know-it-all attitude, and we can't quit growing and reaching out. So he says, but this one thing I do, forgetting. Everyone say forgetting. Forgetting those things which are behind. You know, if you want to be success in life, one of the things you have to do is be a good forgetter. Now, some people are good at that, but it's about the wrong things. Well, I forgot. I, I forgot to be there and meet you. I forgot to do this. I forgot to do that. I forgot to go to work today. I forgot to do this. No, we're talking about forgetting the things that are behind us. Here's the thing. You cannot go forward looking backwards. And the things that in life, one thing you just have to come to the realization in life, sometimes you, you beat your head against the wall because, you know, I'm speaking from my own experience. I'm not using you, I'm using me. But sometimes you have to realize, you know what? Maybe it wasn't right and maybe some things maybe was my fault, but I can't do anything about that now. It's behind me. But you know what? Those things are behind me. I forget it. That's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new species that never before existed, a new species that never was. He's a new creation man. And, and that new creation man has the life of God and the nature of God in him. And so what do you have to do? You have to learn to forget those things that are behind me. 
When, when fr- old friends try to say, hey, you know, old friends say, hey, hey, Maddie, you remember, you remember what you guys, you know, the friend says, hey, you remember what we did years ago? We did this, this, and this, and yeah, we drank this, and remember we went over there, you know, over there, over there and did this? And she just looks and says, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? Why? Because of that new creation, man. Now, your, your mind and your flesh says, oh, yeah. Your flesh says, yeah, we should do that again. But you, you crucify the flesh and say, no, no, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. I forget those things. But what does the enemy always want to do? He wants to replay that. He wants to play that and put it in a loop and just loop it over and over and over. Remember this. Remember this. And, and it takes work. It takes diligence. But you can do it. Forget those things that are behind. And you what? You reach forth under those things which are before. You reach. Amen. You know, the Bible says that we're, that we're planted in the house of the Lord. That, are, that we shall be like the palm tree. Everyone do like a palm tree. Just, just lift your hands up. Just lift your hands up. Some, some look like weeping willows. But see, that's, that, that's what we are. We, we shall flourish in the, in the courts of our God. So we're reaching forth. Say this, I'm forgetting the things behind me. And I'm reaching forth to those things before me. And he says, let us therefore as many as be perfect or mature be thus minded. So he's saying we should all think like this. So in, in God, what we have to do is press forward. Press is something that's not comfortable. I mean, you know that it's, it's, it's not easy sometimes to, to, to press forward. It's a lot easier to float downstream. But as I say, any old fish can... Any old dead fish can float downstream. It takes a live one to go upstream. So don't you look over in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And over in the verse 46... I want you to get not just the the mechanics of it, but the spirit of this passage. He says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people. You know, the Bible talks about, um, even in the ministry of Jesus, in healings. You know, the, the, the Bible shows at least 19 different individual cases of healing where healing was emphasized, but that doesn't mean that's all there were. Because the Bible talks about multitude and great, and multitudes and great multitudes. So can you imagine the number of people that were there? And it says his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. So this was what he, he had been accustomed to. This was his, his life. Why? Because he couldn't see. And when he had heard 
that it was Jesus of Nazareth. So you have this big tumult going on. You have this big um, gathering together. And he's saying, what's going on? He heard, just like the woman with the issue of blood, which he had heard of Jesus. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And so what happened? He, he cried out when he, he had heard of this Jesus. And so he cried out, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Why? Don't you know it's the church? Quiet. You know, it's the church. You know, reverence. Reverence what? And so he says, Many charged them that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And so that was a covenant name. He's crying out. Now we see different ones that use that name and that, that title and said, son of David. And, and to some, like the Syrophoenician woman, it was a borrowed phrase. You know, she didn't even, she heard that phrase once. Oh, I heard him say, son of David. And, and Jesus says, I'm not sent but the house, lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then he says, well, it's not right to give it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, but even the puppies, they, they, they get the breadcrumbs too. Jesus says, great is your faith. Well, he, he's saying the same thing. Thou son of David. Have mercy on me. You know, you, sometimes if you don't know what to do in life, just cry out for mercy. God, I've been dumb. Have mercy on me. Oh, God, I knew better. Have mercy. It's, what happens sometimes is what? We know that we knew better, so we, we think we should punish ourselves. And then we get into all, all the whole thing of paying penance. Now, we should do everything we can to, to make it right in our heart before the Lord. But I can't pay penance. I can't pay for my sins. I can't cut myself and, and to make myself better. I just have to repent and, and let it be a circumcision of the heart. Amen. So notice he says, And Jesus stood still. Now, I like it when you get Jesus' attention. How many remember over in Acts, I believe, 8, 9, that area, when Stephen, the first martyr of the church, he gets stoned. Stephen gets stoned, and, and here he is. He says, he's standing there. He said, I, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Well, according to the book of Ephesians, what's the Bible say? It says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty. But in that moment of him preaching the gospel, Jesus stands up and looks over and sees Stephen about to give his life for the gospel. And he, he says, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the throne of God. And what did it do? It's, they said they, they covered their ears. It's like, they were like, I don't want to hear this. And it said that they stoned him. And Jesus look, and then Stephen looking up, and he said, Father, forgive them. For, just like Jesus said, for, forgive them for they know not what they do. <laughs> and so Jesus stood still. 
And he commanded him to be called. And notice it says, and they called the blind man saying to him, be of good comfort, arise, he calls thee. Now, just a few verses before, they had just been saying, shut up. Just don't even bother him, you know, be quiet. And now Jesus calls him and then they turn right around and said, oh, <laughs> hey, the ma- be, ha- be cheerful. You know, the, the master's calling you. It's like, which one is it, you know? Those boys were messed up. They were confused. But, but here they go back and they, they say, hey, be a good comfort. Rise, he calls you. And he, talking about Bartimaeus, casting away his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So what's important about that phrase? Well, the beggar was signified by their clothing. So what was Bartimaeus saying in this? Bartimaeus is saying, you know what? I am not going to be a beggar anymore. I'm not going to be signified by this. That's not my identification. Some people's identification might be poor. It might be I mean, the Bible talks about Jew, Gentile. But the Bible says there's neither male nor female in Christ. And so, he throws that aside. Is he healed yet? He's not even healed yet. But it's just like when Jesus told the, remember he told the, um, the lepers, go show yourself to the priest. Were they healed yet? Now, what does the law say? The law says that, that you know, you better be healed when you show up. And then you, you have to go through this whole thing. Well, he's like, you go now. And the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went. So, sometimes you have to went. Oh, that's bad English. You have to went. You have to go before you're going to receive. God says, launch out into the deep. Well, Lord, I can't see what's on the other side. Then you hear nothing. Lord, Lord, speak to me again. He already spoke to you. Launch out into the deep. Cast out into the right side of the ship. Go over here. Uh, um, call this person. Go deal with this person. Go, go um, meet this person for lunch. Go, go talk to this person and, 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 and then, this, then this and this and this. But Lord, I can't. Well, the Lord's not going to tell you anything else until you go do that. <laughs> and so... He cast away that garment, though, that garment that said, this is, this is, I'm a beggar. So what he's saying is, I'm not a beggar anymore. I'm not blind anymore, and I'm going, and I'm going pressing into Jesus. Yeah. So Amen. pressing into Jesus. And so he says here, and Jesus answered. Now think about this real quick. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. Would it have been easier for her to not to even do that? A woman who's been bleeding internally for 12 years, hemorrhaging. Wouldn't it not have been easy to just, for her to just, you know what? I'm too tired. I'm just, you know, uh, you know, she was very weak, obviously. But the Bible says that she felt in her body she was healed of that plague. So she must have felt some strength come in her body. And so, and then she tells Jesus the whole story. 
And, and we see that after, look at this, it says, And he cast away his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. So when you press into Jesus, you're, you're going to have to cast away some certain things in your life. And you're going to have to rise up and then you go to him. But, you know, I would rather be with Jesus. You can either be walking on the water with Jesus or in the boat with the disciples. I think I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk on the water with Jesus this year. I think I'm going to step out. I think I'm going to step out of the natural into the, the supernatural. I'm going to step out of the natural into the divine. I'm going to step out of the natural into the, God's glory. Yeah. Why? Because that's where the miracles are. That's where provision is. Amen. And so, I love this. Look at verse 51. And Jesus answered and said to him, what will you that I should do unto you? What will you that I should do unto you? Now, who's, who's Jesus talking to? A blind man. Have you ever wondered about that phrase? Like, now Jesus, you know. This man's been blind for years. And, you know, ever since we moved to town, he, we've seen him there. Ever since we've seen him Sitting there, he's been blind. But what was he looking for? He was looking for a confession. He was looking for Jesus to hear him say, I need this. You know, the Bible says that he, that, that we should, he knows what we need before we even ask. But we're still supposed to ask. Well, you know, the Lord knows what I need and just whatever he sees fit. Well, that's a good way to do without. A good way to get your needs met to say, Lord, I need this. Your word says this, and I'm asking you for it. And Lord, I believe I receive it right now. And you, you ask him. And don't, don't be so spiritual about it either. You know, you know, like if I'm talking to Doran, and, and Doran's talking to me, he doesn't just all of a sudden change his voice because I'm the pastor of the church. You know, he, he talks normally. But, you know, same way with you. If when you go and pray, you know, if I'm talking a conversation and I don't just turn around and start praying, I just say, hey, Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus, you know, I'm asking you this. I don't say, Father. And just like my whole counselor says, just like, what? Who is that even praying? I mean, what if I asked you to come up pray and then all of a sudden you just stood there, oh, Father in heaven. You know, it'd be like, hey, just talk. He, he's a person. Amen. <laughs> and so he says, what, what do you want me to do? He says, the blind man says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your faith hath made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. You know, the Bible, and I'm not going to read turn there, but the Bible talks about a man named Zacchaeus who climbed up a tree. He was a wee little man. And so he was a short man of, of short stature and who, he was a, a tax collector. <coughs> and so Jesus sees him in the tree. And he says, come down. So I, I'm, I must go to your house today. But you know what? Zacchaeus could have said, you know what? I'm only five foot one. And uh, 
you know, I should just stay home. And, you know, if, if the Lord wants to bless me, if the Lord wants to come by my house, then he'll come by my house today. A lot of people think like that, don't they? But what he say? He says, I might be a wee little man, but I'm, I'm going to climb up. I'm going to get up. That's for the kids' songs. I'm going to climb up in the tree. And, and he, what did he do? He climbed out on a limb. Sometimes, sometimes you, you, to do something for the Lord, you've got to climb up a tree and get out on a limb. Amen. If, if it breaks, then somebody will catch you. But, but to do something great for the Lord, sometimes you have to do that. You have to, to, to go through something that, that's uncomfortable. It's a pressing. It's a, it's a, it's a pushing through. Maybe it's in prayer. Maybe it's in uh, giving. Maybe it's in um, giving of your time. And so what do we have to do this year? We, I think that, that just like Pastor LaShawn said, I believe we're right there. We're at like the top of this hill where we, we just gonna have, we're going to have to go to the very end. You know, it's like you're in the last two minutes of a treadmill and that thing's on the 10th the, the uh, speed. And it's hard, and your legs are burning, and you're saying, oh, I don't know if I can do this. But what, on the other side of that is your victory. Yeah. On the other side of that is everything that you need. Yeah. And so what are we, we going to have to do? We're going to have to pray. Yeah. We're going to have to press and stretch. You know, you can't sit in a lazy boy and reach. You know, you can't sit in a lazy boy and reach. I mean, you can reach just, the, you know, as far as that chair takes you. But what do you have to do? You have to get out. And so, you know, there's things that everyone is believing God for. But I think it was even the way the Lord led the earlier part of the service. There, there's things, though, that we have to say, Lord, everything that's not of you, Lord, let it be removed. Let it be gone from my life. Nothing is sacred. Whatever must go, has to go. So how do you keep going in life? You know, sometimes things, people may see your life and say, well, how do you keep going? Well, you just keep stretching. <clears throat> you keep reaching out and you, you, you keep forgetting. You keep forgetting the things that are behind. <clears throat> people say, well, pastor, what must I do? We just preach the word, and you, you have to let the Holy Spirit lead you. Now, we can give you things from the Bible, but what ultimately is the Holy Spirit telling you to do? What's the Holy Ghost saying? Because that's one thing that, that, w that we don't want to have any control over anyone's life. I mean, I have enough to deal with my own stuff. You know, I have enough. It's a full-time job just dealing with me. So I'm not, I'm not looking to micromanage anyone's life. Over the church, yes, we, we lead the church. And, but, you know, one of the things about a, a pastor, Peter says this, not taking um, constraint, and he's talking about not, not for filthy lucre, and he talks about of a ready mind and not being, um, just being overseers but not domineering. Well, because that's the way Jesus is. You know, people can, can feed, they can, they can drink from the waters, and then they can go. Sometimes, sometimes if a sheep goes out, you may not hear from that sheep for three weeks, but you've got to go out and get that sheep. You've got to bring that sheep back in. 
that sheep is, is allowed to drink. And, and that's, why, that's why we want the church to be a safe place for every person. And that they can drink. But what do we have to do? We have to keep pressing. And making adjustments. You know, and it's like this. You know, like, especially if you've seen like a lot of the old time radios, you had the big dial. Well, sometimes in people's lives, they just need to do a little bit of fine tuning. Just that little dial. Just, just to get it right in where it should be. Some people, maybe they've been off for quite a while, so they need a big turn. Just turn it like that. But then sometimes it's just a little tweak. Just like we use the, the example. If you're off one degree, like in the airplane... It may not be that bad for the first 20 or 30 minutes. But by the time you go from Chicago to Los Angeles, I mean, you're not even in the same, you're not even on the mainland. You're, you're like, no telling where you are. And so sometimes life is like that. You just have to make those little tweaks all along. And sometimes, you know, you have to be brutally honest. Who's ever been brutally honest with themselves? Now, not condemning yourself, but just honest. Honest with yourself. And so, one of the things that, that I've realized in life, and, and especially more and more, and, and became more aware even the last couple of weeks, if you want to do anything for the Lord, you have to stay drunk on the new wine of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Ephesians says, be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves. In psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so we have to live filled up. 24-7 under the, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't, what's going to happen is one day we're going to be with a slingshot, and the next day we're going to be with Saul's armor. How many remember David? He went out with a slingshot. Well, he first went out with Saul's armor. First of all, the man was like a foot taller than he was, at least. And uh, he tries to go out with that armor. It doesn't fit. He had not proved it. It didn't work for him. So what did he do? He got what he knew would work. That's what the anointing does. You prove things, and, and when you walk with the anointing, you see, the anointing is, is for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's not just so, you know, oh, I was in church, and, and I just shook and, and quaked and baked. and You know, it's every day. The anointing teaches us how to do business. The anointing teaches us <clears throat> how to live right. But the only way we're going to get there, like I said, you have to stay filled with the Holy Ghost. And here's the thing. It's not just about, and we're going to have some more revival meetings like we've had. We're going to do them every month for, for a period of time. And so what is that about? That's about a saturation. That's about being, be being filled. And it's not just about having to go to a meeting. It's about the meeting being on the inside of you. <laughs> It's not about, see, I, I want to be a walking meeting all the time. 
you know, where you're not just, oh, man, I just I quaked and rolled and, and everything else. And that's good and fine. And, and you need that. And a lot of times people have never experienced that, so they're going to get that in a meeting. But you should be able to do that on Monday morning in your house. Drinking of the new wine. And, and the places I know that God's called us to walk, you can't see it. Understand what I'm saying? You can't see it sober. You can't see it with natural understanding. You can't see it with just the natural. You, you have to see it under the control of the Holy Spirit. You have to see it under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Now, he's not going to take you over. You have to give him control. People say sometimes, well, you know, I just want the, the, the Holy, Holy Ghost just to take me over. Well, he's not a demon. He wants your, your full cooperation. You have to cry out to him. And you have to say, God, I'm so hungry. Lord, do whatever it takes. I don't care if people don't even recognize me after you're done. I prayed those prayers. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so what the Lord wants to do in our life is, is fill us up, turn the water into wine. And you know one way that happens in our life? When you feed upon the word. What does the Bible say that the, the, the word is? It's the water. The water of the word. You begin to fill up and fill up and fill up and you get full of the word. How do I know I'm full of, of the word? It comes out of you. And, and, and you get filled with the word and then you have God turns that water into wine. And you just get filled up and running over. That's why he says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. Everyone just bow their heads for a moment. Father, we worship you and magnify you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we will never be the same. Thank you, Lord, that our hearts will be changed. Lord, even softening of, of hearts today. Lord, we, we just say that nothing is sacred. Ha, ha, ha. Nothing. Nothing is sacred. And we worship you. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.